We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, Jonathan Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Our, I think, our first official episode of the offseason, because I didn't I don't consider the episode that Jeremy and I recorded after uh, the last game to be that, that was part of the regular season. So um, as promised, we took a little bit of time off, decompressed from what was a a a mighty slog through 82 games of this next season. But we are back. We are back and we are better than ever. Um, and what better way to open the offseason than with everybody's favorite Zillennial uh, and, and everyone's favorite pusher of P and any other letters that you think he's pushing uh, all, all of those things. Uh, and of course, the presenter, the uh, the rightful presenter of the mailbag, Chris Persianen. Hello, Chris. Wow. <laughs> Every time you you beat the previous introduction. That's the and, goal. And just I didn't say in quality, just like in insanity. Um, but sure, quality, too. But def- definitely insanity. I actually got I got a little jammed up when I was introing when I was bringing uh, Clyde for the interview a couple of weeks ago, because oh, shame on you because How I, well, you... no, I mean, I, I had obviously thought out what I wanted to say and I, I, I would have been st- pooping myself. <laughs> I, I mostly, I'm, I would have been funny. Um, I mostly stuck to it, but in the, like there was a part of me that was itching to just be like the greatest Nick of all time. And I, I had, not yet decided on who I was going to rank as the greatest Nick of all time in, in the, top 75 list that I've been counting down all season, which will come to its conclusion on Monday as I reveal the top two in order. Um, shout out to, to Willis Reed to <laughs> shout out to Willis Reed, uh, who is uh, in uh, Friday's uh, newsletter as, as the number three greatest Nick of all time. Um, so yeah, the, the intros are always an adventure is, is the point, I guess. Well, hello. <laughs> nice to be back. <laughs> it's good to have you. We, I think you, you were like, you had something in the last mailbag, so it's or no? Did you? I forgot. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Times a flat game, circle. I think. 
So there you go. Um, so this will be good um, because I'm sure we're going to have a lot of thoughts and opinions and questions. <laughs> oh. um, yes, you were working the NCAA tournament. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, and uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, um, the questions are varied in aggression. <laughs> I, love, I love varied. And uh, what, what could possibly people be aggressive about? I don't know. Uh, all right, K- kick us off wherever you want. As as and always, I I should say I did not see any of these questions out of time. No, 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 no pre prep of any sort. None, John. Just uh, just unfiltered Macri for better or for worse. Oh, we'll, we'll find out soon enough. Oh, well, well, here's a good start. Lord Sean wants to know if you're Leon Rose this upcoming draft, are you drafting based on talent or team need? And then say like, just he said to throw a number out there, the 11th pick, who might a dream pick of yours be? You know, if you've looked at any guys like that. Um, a great. A good question. A good question to start us off. I, it's funny. The draft, I'll, I'll just admit. The draft is occupying a place like, much more in the back of my mind as we enter the off season. Yeah. You've got like um, salad recipes ahead of that right now. I have all kinds of things ahead of, ahead of the job. No, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm focusing more on the players that are here right now, because I think the players that are here right now are like what they decide to do with them is going to go a very long way. But to answer the question, um, I think they will draft for, for talent. Uh, the obvious, the obvious, kind of looming unknown hovering over the draft is Mitchell Robinson. And like, it just so happens that two of the, um, you know, prospects that are slated to be available where they figure to pick, I think our, our uh, questioner here says like the 11th pick, like in Jalen Dern and Mark Williams, like they one or both of those guys might be around there. And those are like, not, that they should be. He didn't, he didn't ask like, do you draft a Tibbs player? They should not draft a Tibbs player with this pick. They should draft the best player with this pick, but like just, you know, it it fits an archetype of a, of how this team has been built. Let's just say that this team has been built a certain way on both ends of the floor. And both of those guys kind of fit that, um, fit that archetype. Um, I think they should draft the best player available, especially since you have Walt Perrin here to make the pick. And he has a track record of, uh, you know, selecting guys that are pretty good. So I would, Aller I would two. go, what? Aller too. Aller, yeah, no, I'll, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I to me, the draft that's Perrin's territory. Aller is more like if they wind up trading this pick, that's where I think he comes in, and that's the other part of it. Why I think it's in the back of my mind is I am not yet fully convinced that they are going to make this pick. I hope they are, especially since a lot of these prospects are exciting. Um, as far as the guy, guys that I would be excited about, like, yeah, the Suns are interesting to me. Um, the kid from Arizona, Mathurin, I hope I pronounced his name correctly. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's interesting. Uh, he's interesting. Um, he's, he's someone I'm, I'm most excited to dig more into over the next couple of months. I've been pushing wing propaganda on the timeline. And the reason for that is because I'm evil. Um, and because everyone thinks, Oh, the Knicks are going to draft a point guard. Oh, the Knicks are uh, associated with Kentucky. Oh, the Knicks are going to draft Ty Ty Washington. And uh, well, Prez said it best and dear, you know, national writers, please stop mocking Ty Ty Washington, the Knicks. But like, for me, I love RJ 
Cam Grimes as like a complimentary, a self-complimentary wing trio. But, you know, now we're in a situation where we're like looking at projecting Obi as a starter, right? So I'm in love with the thought of adding uh, like a three slash four type of wing. Sure. Um, whether it's Eason or Sochan or, you know, one of those guys, one of the more gritty guys than the star upside looks. But like if we are picking like, you know, right now, I think it's like 13th, whatever it is, we're slated. Uh, I would love that. I would love a boring pick this year. This will be the first year I'm team boring. <laughs> I, I think I think boring is OK. Um, you know. Because boring often turns out to be less boring than you think it's going to be. But yeah. Yeah, well, even you know someone like Sochan, you know some some cool upside. Uh, I oh, I actually understand this person's name. Um, if you remember when the Knicks did that like Marvel inspired poster, and it looked like they wrote Ick Nickix instead of Knicks, like it, the Andrew's laughing. He knows what I'm talking about. I'm googling this, this as you read the question. So this go. this person's name is Iknikix, which when you look at it really close and squint, looks like Nick's in weird font. Uh, Tibbs has said it multiple times that Randall and the team is better when they are running. If they work on that all offseason and assuming no major changes could quickly start, or is there a point guard that is better suited for that style of offense while keeping our defensive DNA? So basically, are you a quickly truther? Are you, is there a point guard you really like? Do you like quickly enough to pass on this specific wave of point guards? I, I, I suppose is the so the setup I, there. So I'm okay. That, there's a lot going on in this question. Um, I don't think. Hmm. The way the Knicks are currently constituted, which is to say a team with Julius Randle on it, I don't think they're ever going to run. I don't think he wants to run. I understand he was part of a Pelicans team that ran a fair bit. Um, I also know he was lower on the totem pole on that team. This gets into a whole host of other issues involving Julius Randle's role on the team, his role in the offense, how much power he has in dictating how he plays, how much of that falls on the coach, all kinds of manner of different things. Um. I am of the personal belief that as long as he is here, they are going to be a somewhat slower team. Um, and at the same time, I don't know that I could completely blame that on him because I was looking up earlier today. Um, so 275 uh, different pairings in the NBA this year played at least 900 minutes. Um, the Knicks had two pairings that were in the top 25. They both contained Emmanuel quickly. Uh, do you want to care to guess what the other two, his two partners in those pairings were? And this is for, for pace or for net, net rating. rating. Sorry. Net, net rating. rating. No, like literally they had two of the best 25 um, two man pairings that played at least 900 minutes via net rating. So both of them contained quickly and they each contained it. Obviously o another OB OB's one, the top one. Yeah. See, like I'm not going to guess the next one. <laughs> I was going to say, I would venture to guess like my brain, my heart or whatever says RJ, but like, it because not. it's a trick question. I want to go like Nerlens. Well, they didn't play. Nerlens. Oh, I don't think that's did, the, did Nerlens play 90 this minutes this season. No, no. <laughs> I thought it was cumulative. Okay. never mind. If it's this season, then it's, um, it's not Rose either. No, uh, it's, is it Alec Burks? It is Alec Burks. Um, 
Burks's number Burks is on off numbers are quite good. And, and with quickly, they're, they're obviously quite good as well. Um, the interesting thing about both of those is if you go and then you look, as you referenced a second ago, if you look at the pace for those two lineups um, of the top 25 there in that, again, over 900 minutes sorted by net rating, two lowest paces. Both have Emmanuel quickly on the floor, one with Obi Top and the other with Alec Burks, who, again, when Alec Burks is on the floor without Julius Randle, I, I like to think um, they try to play a little faster. They do. Both of those lineups do play a little bit faster in comparison to what the Knicks play regularly, but they're still pretty slow in comparison to the rest of the league. So I, I guess this is my very long-winded way of saying, like, I, I don't know if it is in this coach's DNA to play fast consistently. Um, I, I think of them more as a team that when quickly's on the floor, what he's great at is picking his spots as to when to play fast. And I also think like, it also like gives the meaning of playing fast or sorry, it gives the term playing fast, different meanings. Like, when he throws the ball 75 feet to Obi Toppin, who's waiting under the rim, is that playing fast? I mean, yes, I guess it's playing fast, but it's not, I guess maybe it's not the traditional way that we think of in playing fast. Um, if they start quick, I think they will play faster. That's yeah. probably the short answer. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, also if that's happening, maybe, you know, if quickly is starting, maybe Julius is gone and that the plan is they're doing that to start in with Obi. Like I, you know, I, I cannot, I, I know the front office knows things about how their fans feel. And regardless, well, they wrote it. Leon Rose, Leon Rose yeah. wasn't hiding in his letter today where he, he might counted young core was mentioned, not one, not two, but four times in that letter to season yeah, ticket holders. They, they get it. Um, yeah, they know they're not stupid. And they just, you know, they're going to put up that, ironclad like everything is good and sunshine and rainbows here because everyone on the Knicks is amazing but like they know like they knew about Alfred they know about Randall and Tibbs and everything the the team is very aware of these things you know like they yeah yeah. Uh, next up uh, we're going to get very evil okay (laughs) Um, here we go professional Banff engineer wants to know is Derek Rose's value higher on the court as a leader or in a trade? I, my gut instinct is to say on the court. Um, and uh, here's the thing. If I'm another, t- so put your GM hat on. What, what team do you want to be? Let's, uh, it has to team. It has to be a team Clippers. that is. Okay. That's fair. Uh, what, that's, I'm the, to think. that's the first D Rose team that like, you know, I can think of, <laughs> I'm trying to think of, I'm just trying to think of tradable salary that they have. Uh, Com- Covington's unrestricted, right? Yeah. Covington's unrestricted. Um, and they're not, they just acquired power, uh, whatever. I'm sure sh- the Clippers, I'm sure they could cobble together something. Um, whatever. Pick your, pick your Derek Rose team. Um, like some team that is, is looking to win big next season. So you think Derek Rose has something left. Great. $14 million to find that out. And what's it going to cost? Cause the Knicks, I don't think, I don't think the Knicks are just going to give him away for like no reason, because why, what incentive would they have? Um, unless it was to clear cap space. And unless I'm, unless I'm mistaken, uh, there are no teams that are in, in, in the business of winning 
championships next season, potentially that are under the cap. So you're taking back money. So again, is a team really going to give up enough for the Knicks to give, to trade away Rose? Now maybe road is Rose is part of a larger package and they need that salary to go out to make the money work in a deal for a player that they really want. Like I've, I know I've thrown him in a few different Brunson sign and trades potentially just because again, the money works. Dallas is looking to win. You figure Rose could be a pretty good backup point guard. I, I you're shaking your head. I like I that's putting, put Brunson aside. This isn't about Brunson. I'm just saying like, that's one construction that would get Derek Rose traded in which case he yeah. would have a value as a, as a certain salary of a player that can still like win basketball games. And for the team that would be trading for him, it would be like, all right, great. If Derek Rose works out for us. Awesome. If it doesn't, you know, we still got whatever we got in the sign and trade. Um, so again, my answer is going to be that I think he has more value on the court because I still think, you know, it has a little bit to do with Tibbs still being a coach, but you know, Derek Rose, Derek Rose was freaking awesome this year when he was on the floor, um, tailed off a little bit towards the end when he started, you could tell he started to wear down, but you know, that's something that's one of the many, 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 many things that they need to corral with their head coach. If he's going to be back to coach the team again. Yeah, fair. Um, I just always cringe at the the thought of Brunson because like my whole thing with him all season was like, why when quickly exists, everyone was like, oh, but quickly is bad because he's moving more than nine minutes. And I was like, ah, <laughs> I'm moving in the direction of. Is it really necessary? Is it really the right thing to do to pay Brunson 16 to 18 million dollars a year? If you have a guy who may very well be better than him, like not in two years, but like today, I put out a blind poll of like quickly in year two and year two Brunson, their stats with as much context I could provide numerically. So three point attempts per game, as well as percentage quickly, uh, double the attempts, higher percentage, um, two point quickly, definitely lower. Right. But then way more attempts. Um, so it's just like, Oh, this, this kid played but, less minutes than Brunson did and was doing more in the offense and doing so really efficiently. And in that stretch to end the year, he was averaging 15, five and five. Like there's just so many, if, if it's someone like Colin Sexton, you're really interested in who brings a that's skill a different, to the table yeah, where it's like, Oh, you want that under the rim pressure guy. Well then yeah. that's a, you know, that's a totally different skill set for me with Brunson. It's like, why? Like I'm not, why I'm not a Sexton guy, but like, at least I get it. There, there is an upside there. I don't know how likely it is. He's going to get there, but there's a real upside there. Like with quickly, I don't even like looking at the year long stats because there was a month and a half, month to a month and a half where he was one of the worst shooters in basketball and, and his stats are still better than your, and, and, yeah, and, and, yeah. and that was so my like, whole point. Yeah. And, and then you look at the growth he experienced as a playmaker, as a driver of the basketball, as a guy who drew fouls, obviously he, I, I didn't, I haven't checked it in the last couple of weeks, but I know he finished as one of the top 20 or 25 um, pull-up threats in, in the league. Uh, you know, good, pretty good percentage on those shots. Like it, it's all there. It's just a matter of, they haven't seen it over 82 games yet, but you know, second year player. He, he just, I don't know. I feel like we're not at a point as a team where we need to be this worried about 
what position he might play in game seven of the finals. And, well, they, you know what I mean? Like, they need to be, not that they need to be worried about it, but like they're building a roster for next year. So it's conscience. Like, they, yeah, you know, it's, it's just like, the, the, I don't know, the thing where it's like, oh, well, we could sell high on him right now well, because the, he's not a friend. Listen, like, if, they, a grip, you know. if they traded quickly this year, it would make me more, this offseason, it would make me, this is going to seem sacral. I'm not, I'm not doing the asset valuation thing, but it would, it would actually make me more, Upset, I think, than if they had, than if they traded RJ. I'm RJ is the higher ceiling, but like quickly, I'm I just am in love with that kid. I I want him here for a very long time. I, I went viral earlier this year like, for saying I wouldn't trade him for Fox. Viral in the sense that like everyone laughed at me in the quote tweets. So a bunch of people saw the tweet, <laughs> and I just like still stand by that. I don't know. Let's listen. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll find out how crazy you are in a few years. Very, but that's not the point. What's besides the point? <laughs> Um, next question comes in from Luke Johnson. Oh, hey, fellow Ram. Didn't even realize. Assuming RJ gets the max or somewhere near the max, how does that affect the possibility of bigger stars wanting to play for the Knicks? Uh, I I feel bad. I'm going to answer this one pretty quick. I don't think it affects it one, one iota. Um, it's not going like, it's not going to materially affect their, well, I mean, yeah, sure. It'll affect their cap. If he's, if he's making $36 million a year annually, which is what the max would be versus if they get him to sign for something closer to like 25, I mean, that opens up obviously an extra $10 million in cap space per year. It, it may affect your ability to maneuver, but like the way they're setting themselves up cap wise over the next several years, it's, it's really not going to make a difference. So in terms of um, whether stars would want to come like, I don't, would the star be like, eh, I don't, I don't want to go to a team that thinks RJ Barrett's a max player. Like, eh, I don't, I don't know. I don't, who, like, who's, is anyone really going to care? Like it's an investment in a kid who is the face of the franchise and is an incredibly hard worker and you're banking on future production. Um, if I think of anything, the fact that they know he's here like I, so I, I, I'm, I know you're, you're Mr. RJ. So I know what your answer to this is going to be, but I wonder, like, I don't think RJ is a guy yet where guys around the league are looking at him and be like, Oh, I want to play with that dude. I don't think he's there yet, but I do think that there is like a certain reliability that he's going to build in terms of his reputation moving forward as a guy who like, look, yeah, the offense is nothing's happening right now. At least that dude could put his head down and draw Eight, I think pretty yeah. soon it's going to be ten. Like nine, 10 fouls a game or nine, 10 uh, free free throws game. Well, wasn't uh, it 10 on average in like the month of. Oh, he's, like it was February 10 after March, yeah, after January, after uh, December 31st, he was top 10 in, in free throws per game attempted. Yeah. Um, so, you know, obviously as, as we acquire more talent, his usage gets scaled down a, a wee bit that that'll decrease. But like, I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm like utmost confidence in just like him, Part him being able to fit in any lineup is also part of it. Like I just two, three, small ball, four, whatever it is. Like and like the 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 lot of options there. The 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 minor critique that was valid because it, I mean he did do this was was where he would occasionally display tunnel vision towards the end of the year. Like he's a twenty one year old learning how to beat the first option um, for the first time, and it's not like it's not like he would go entire games where he just would look to pass the ball. Like that was, that never happened. There would be segments where he would maybe get a little bit um, like, you know, 
again, tunnel vision, excited. but yeah, ex- excited is a good word. Um, it's, that's what it is to me. Cause like, I'll be at the garden. I'll see him. He gets a, a layup to go in transition. And he's like, Oh, I-, I finished over that guy. I could do that. Cool. Uh, let me test this out again. And then spin move. And he gets that one to go. And then the next possession, he's like, all right, screw this. Like I'm doing this again. Just like some, you know, like the Westbrook, like off the side of the backboard, like he'll like really break something. And you're just like, Oh, all right, relax. But, but he's, like, Growing pains, like we're again, we're not. Yes, it's growing like, pains, and more importantly, he's making the passes. He, like the passes that are there to be made, he's almost always making them, and he's shown you a real, real ability to make some, maybe not super high level passes, but like he's had some nifty ones, uh, especially down the stretch of the season, which have been encouraging. It's always like the little rap ones, like the the you know, like whether it's real, real close to Mitch or like the the flip up. It's almost like uh, Evan does similar lobs. Like we're just, they'll get really in deep in the paint and just like flip with their left hand, you know? Up. Yeah. So that, that's entertaining. <laughs> you know, it, it is, it is indeed entertaining. Efficient. <laughs> Exciting. Even all of those um, things. All right. I know we're going to, I know who's going to be a power forward here, but uh, we, we get to tap into your imagination a bit. So next question <laughs> coming in from Andrew son. Uh, rotation prediction slash dream for next season. So I take this question, the prediction slash dream to be, you know, stay realistic, but, but make the Macri picks, you know, get, put the, put your guys in the, the lineup. Just uh, I, don't trade everyone. Cause you, you get it. Um, well, first let me, before I answer the question, I'll say the notion that, it is a realistic option to trade Julius Randle, Evan Fournier, Alec Burks, Derek Rose. Did I miss anybody? I'm, I have Nerlens out the door, but like, okay, so no, add him to the list because that's what I'm saying. Ca- it's like, it's like a list of like eight people that people think are all well, going to be gone this offseason. So, so the reason I say it's not a realistic option to trade all four of those first guys that I, I mentioned, and actually I'm not even sure that there are a lot of Nick fans who want to trade all of them. Um, or maybe even like most of them, but like, so their priority, like they have to trade Kemba Walker. There's no, like they have to move him. They have to find a new home for him because if they don't find a new home for him, they have to eat $9 million. And I don't think Brock Aller cares to do that. Um, I would say slightly lower, lower on the priority list is trading Nerlens Noel. Although I like, is there a world where I could see him still on the roster and like being like tentatively penciled into the rotation? Yes, it's not a world I care to live in. And I don't, I don't think it's a world the Knicks care to live in. But like, that's pretty high priority too. So that means you need you are going into this offseason being like, great, we need to move 18 plus million dollars in salary. That's not necessarily easy, especially with like, well, what are you getting back? Are you getting back players that need to play in the rotation? So like, put those issues aside for a second. Then it's like, okay, we have these four other guys, Julius, Rose, Burks, and Fournier. Like you could you could move one or two of them. You are not moving in all likelihood. You are not moving three or four unless there's this dream consolidation trade. And I'm sorry. Like, I don't think, I mean, let's just say the name. I don't think if Utah, you know, it gets swept by 30 points a game in the first round, like all of a sudden, like the, you know, the, the Knicks going to call them up and be like, okay, we're going to, we'll give you uh Randall and, and Burks and, uh, and and Rose and you can and for um and and all the picks and, and uh, I was gonna say Randall Burks the Dallas twenty three first and then like one future New York first rounder is like the the classic I yeah. see that one all the time it's like well they're gonna want Burks back 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so whatever. Five, like, you know, seven between picks and so like, finest eat. pocket lint in all the land. <laughs> Donovan Mitchell. Like, all right. but like, the, like the, 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 like the Jazz are not making that trade without a, um, I don't know what word you want to use. Um, so, so like someone that they consider to be a potential high level starter, young player, you know, whether it's RJ, whether it's quickly, like. Cam's so who always comes to my mind with Utah. If it, if we were going to trade for Spida, I always think of Cam Reddish as the person that they would pound the table for because they are never getting a talent like that in free agency. I just okay, like, well, but Cam's a, Cam's a talent. He, it's not enough talent to to bring the, the Mitchell. Whatever. This is not a Donovan Mitchell question. The I know. point. Yeah, yeah. The point. You know, is, I don't even want him anyway. <laughs> to piss everyone off. I, I love Donovan Mitchell. I would love Donovan Mitchell here. I don't. I don't know if it's the right time um, to, to make that trade, putting that aside, like there is no obvious trade out there that I could see at least. And trust me, I think about this shit a lot where you're moving all of this salary off. So this is a very long winded way of answering the question because in answering the question and you're asking me, what is my realistic dream? I have to factor some of these guys in, in terms of some of these veterans into my rotation. So I will go with, um, I'll go with Emmanuel quickly as a starting point guard. Uh, RJ to two. Um, I don't, if they move off of Julius, I think it's going to be tough for them to also move off of Fournier. So I guess I'll, you know what, let's stick Fournier to two and we'll move RJ to the three. Obi at the four. And boy. See, here's the thing, right? Is like, I, I don't, they're not starting Sims. I just, I just don't see it. He's going to be on a two-way. And I already had this argument with Jeremy. And Jeremy well, no, he'll be. He's going to be on a two-way. He won't be on a two-way. They're going to sign him using using the cap space they they get. One of the exceptions that they have this summer. That's that's going to be their way to sign him for multiple years. But it'll be a cheap. Whatever. Put Sims aside. He'll be the backup center. He's my backup five. I just don't know because, like, I could see them thinking, all right. Let's try to get maybe a future draft asset in a Mitchell Robinson signing trade or a, a trade exception or something. And then we'll trade some of our current assets along with maybe a little bit of draft equity for our starting center this year. But like I look around the league and I'm like, who is that player? I'm like, it's, it's the same obvious name that I always come back to, which is Miles Turner, because that is the no. obvious, because that's the obvious name. You want to, okay, you want to tell me that they're going to go Clint get Capella. And and what Atlanta's going to go get Rudy Gobert? Is that your? Yeah, sure. If if Mitch if Mitch walks, <sighs> signs somewhere else, go get Capella. That's my. I would just love to have someone like consistent and who, um, won't get like banished to the shadow realm by Andre Drummond every time he goes up for a rebound. And then people will maybe be like, "Oh, this is what having a good center is like." I'll- <laughs> I, I'll I'll pivot. I, you know what? I've been I've been I've had Mitch out the door for like months now. I'll go in this for, in this to answer this question. I'll say fine. They keep Mitch. Great. Ah. I, it's just because I, I can't think of anything that's like a uh, humbug. You know, I'm sorry. I like Mitch. I like, <laughs> Mitch is fine uh, on a fair number. Um, so that's my starters, backups. Let's go again. This is my rotation, right? Okay. Uh, let's go Rose. Let's go Grimes. Um, man, where are they sending Burke? They could send Burke somewhere. They could send Burke somewhere. Uh, Cam, 
at the four. Um, Sims at the five. Who am I forgetting? Is there anybody I'm forgetting? I still have an extra spot. Uh, so I guess I can give that spot to the rookie that they pick with the whatever pick in the draft, right? There you go. Yeah. Unless I've unless I have forgotten someone, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a quickly. Quick Grimes, Reddish, Toppin, Barrett, Sims, Robinson, McBride. Yeah. You're leaving out. Right? Um, I am. Who's your starting five again, John? Who'd you have? He, he, he had Mitch for this. So Mitch, Spain of the Mitch, middle. Obi. Okay. Um, RJ Fournier. And quickly. Okay. And then my backups are. Where are they Eric sending or- Randall? I, that was not part of this question. I don't have to answer. Right. It. But then <laughs> that's who's your, who you're missing. That's who you're leaving out. So in my, so, so can I, can I not so there? Say, that's who, that's who Gordon, Gordon, Hay- unless you're saying that they traded him for Russ and bought Russ out. Oh, that's Jesus who Christ. they got. But that's the point. You can't, take Randall off this team and not put who you're getting back. Well, you can, you can, again, this is my dream, my dream. Then why isn't Luka Doncic in this dream? Like, no, I think there, I think there was a world where I could at least talk myself into it being a realistic scenario that they send Randall to Portland and take back Eric Bledsoe's contract and whatever. I think that it may need to be a little bit more salary, but whatever, whatever salary that needs to come well, back. Hold on. Hold and on. then, and then future draft ac- equity. Uh, that could ha- there's not it, it will not happen. So then Bledsoe is the that one is... you're missing in the rotation. What? So well, Bledsoe is the one you're missing in the rotation. Yeah, and they Maybe bought they, they sent out. Bledsoe packing, or they they put him in street clothes. They John Wall him. Hold the put, put a clip on the poor. Uh, uh, okay, so approximately three and a half seconds here. Okay, um, so yeah, that, <laughs> and you know what? By the way, if they have to send Randall to Charlotte and that's and they have to take back Gordon Hayward, then fine. Get Gordon Hayward. He is now my starting three. Fournier moves to the bench and Cam Reddish. Um, it's been it's been fun, but uh, you are. Oh, wait, no. Cam's the backup four. Who I, who's that? I was going to say, what the hell whoever kind your three, of path are you about to go down? Whoever your three is right now is where wait, so hold on. slots into that. Spot. Fournier moves to the bench. And so I have. Rhymes. Hold on. So I have Rose. I think this is where it gets. Yeah, this is where I, I lose it because I still have Rose, right? Right. I still have Grimes. Right. I have and now Fournier on the bench. Fournier, Reddish, and Sims. Oh, so that's There's fine. Ten. So, yeah. oh, so I don't, I don't have a spot for the rookie. Which, yeah, with Tibbs, you weren't going to have a spot for the rookie anyway. So, and maybe, I, um, I hate that. <laughs> maybe it's real though. <laughs> like in this rotation. Uh-huh. You know? I mean, look, there's always things you can do. Maybe they trade the first to Charlotte in the Randall deal in exchange for a much more lightly protected Charlotte pick that is five years out, you know, um, something like that. Uh, you know, they've done it once, so it's not like they can't do it again. Like, I don't know. There's always things that, that you could always turn a draft pick into something, you know, that's I'm not as worried about. It. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll go uh, on the condition that Quickly's playing thirty to thirty two a night, absolute minimum. I'll let Tibbs have a defensive guard to start. I'll go Tyus, um, you know, one of Burks or Evan, whoever whoever's here, maybe <laughs> at that starting two, and then go RJ Obi, um, and I'll put Capella in there. Say we we route him somehow in a, a three team deal maybe that's how noel or someone else gets banished and uh yeah. i'd be surprised if they ended up with uh with capella but uh, it's just a name to throw out there and wait are yeah. they they're trading for tyus jones i'm assuming 
He's a he's a he's a UFA. He is indeed an unrestricted free agent. I, I stand mistaken. I apologize. Chris has been on this for a while. He's a big. This also adds the Duke connection, which then all they're missing is Zion. <laughs> I just yeah. I just wonder because I I know his brother did not not that he had a terrible experience under Tibbs, but I, I from what I recall the reporting no, Ty, being at the time. Tyus is the one that played with Tibbs. Oh, so that's you. Sorry, I'm, I'm getting my Jones brothers confused. Yeah, Trey's so, the one that played with RJ, Cam, and, and Zai. And um, you want Tyus. Uh, I, I would love him, but you also know that if I, if it means like, like if like if the concern is Tibbs can't be the coach, I'm, I don't care. Again. <laughs> okay. Yes, I understand. <laughs> um, you know, that's to say, like, I always say it's a what have you done? If we're going to say it's a what have you done for me recently business instead of a what have you done for me business, then either both Tibbs and Randall or neither should get a second shot or, uh, you know, so that, uh, just, to, just to it's pretend your, here. It's your dream. Tyus, so Tyus, let's say, let's say we get a nice juicy pick for, for Burks in the late first somewhere in my dreams. And then I get and, that. <laughs> I know, but uh, maybe two seconds. And then, um, so it would be what Tyus, yeah, Evan, it- RJ, OB, Capella, Capella. And then, sure. And then I'll go deuce quick, but quick's playing like 32 a night minimum. And then uh, Grimes, Cam, Jericho. That, Where'd they send Derek Rose? Uh, uh, contender for an unprotected first. <laughs> I, Actually, you just inspired something uh, that I want to look at. Well, continue. What's the, what's the next question? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey guys, quick break to tell you about our new sponsor, HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. 
HelloFresh offers the flexibility you need with customizable orders every week. You can add extra proteins and sides, change up the serving size when you have guests, or just double up on your favorite recipes so your box works harder for you. You can easily change your delivery days or food preferences or skip a week whenever you need. Feeding the whole family has never been easier with larger box sizes for more servings and more savings. HelloFresh also offers convenient, contact-free delivery right to your doorstep for easy home cooking with the family. The recipes are easy to follow and quick to make, with steps and pictures to guide you along the way. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips, so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in about 30 minutes or less. HelloFresh is 30% cheaper than shopping at your local grocery store. Plus, you skip the checkout lines. Try our quick and easy meals, which include 15 to 20 minute dinners, breakfast on the go, and 10 minute lunches in HelloFresh Market. Perfect for your busy schedule. Enjoy restaurant quality meals for less in the comfort of your own home. HelloFresh's gourmet recipes like balsamic fig sirloin are over 72% cheaper than an average restaurant meal. Look, guys, I don't have to tell you how busy I can be with all the work I do for Nick's Film School, as well as my show Final Review. My girlfriend is just as busy, and when that question comes up every night, what do you want for dinner, rarely do we both have answers. Well, we've actually been customers of HelloFresh for over a year, and we're thrilled when we found out about this sponsorship. Not only is the food delicious, but it's convenient to make and takes away that simple anxiety of what you're going to have for dinner that night. They send you a week's worth of meals, you cook them, you prepare them, you eat them, and then by the weekend, a new box for the following week shows up. It's that simple. Go to HelloFresh.com slash FilmSchool16 and use promo code FilmSchool16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash FilmSchool16 and use promo code FilmSchool16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Okay, next question, and this is why I, I said what I said about the Portland thing is... Um, because Frazier D. Coleman wants to know how far up the draft Randall and say we pick 12, Randall and 12 could get you. And he adds in that a core of Lillard, Simons, and Randall could be more interesting to Portland than adding a rook at six. Um, that is interesting. Uh, just real quick on the Rose thing, because I always think back to how can he end up back in Chicago? Because I think there's a part of him that may want to go back to Chicago. Um, there's no obvious salary there other than you could do a, <laughs> do a Troy Brown sign and trade. I don't think the Knicks want to be in the Troy Brown, but actually here's a salary for you. Caruso? I hope, I hope no, they're not trained Crusoe. I hope the Knicks don't want to be in the business of this player. Cause I'm not, <laughs> really not that big of a fan of him. Although he is like, man, I could see Scott Perry being intrigued. Um, you could add a little, like a small minimum salary to Kobe white. And, and I'm not a Kobe white guy, so I don't, I don't, I don't blame you for shaking your head and making a face that is like, you just smelled a wet fart. Um, but like, you know, I could see them being, anyway, that's, that's where you could send Derek Rose. Um, but then where's, where are you playing Kobe white? Okay. Pepperidge Farm remembers when Kobe white was better than RJ Barrett. Pepperidge Farm remembers. That was fun. Um, (laughs) Okay, so you're but yeah, we, Port, Portland. So you want to like trade they, Randall and the, and whatever pick we get to Portland and or just for that? And how far up the draft could Randall and that pick get us? You know, twelve is, and Randall for six for me seems like 
I don't know if we get that high up. If there's someone that falls there, like Griffin or Sharp, who just has athletic upside, like that's what the lottery is for, is taking those guys. So I don't know that Randall, when they can just take their other first and grab Jeremy Grant, is some, you know, like, whoa to them. This goes back to the overarching question, which if, if I'm, I'm going to spoil a, a column that is, should be uh, dropping in the newsletter in about a week, which are the five biggest offseason questions, or actually, I, I don't know if they're going to be five, whatever. The biggest offseason questions for the Knicks. I'm almost certain that my number one is going to be what is Julius Randle's value? And I, I don't know that anyone could sit here right now after the season he had and tell you even somewhat definitively no. that, that, that they think his value is X. X. No, yeah. Cause it's very circumstantial. It's very like, you know, we saw the, the how I'm not saying he would have commanded Halliburton, but cause we know the Kings offered the Knicks bubkiss for him, but like, yes, um, basically it depends on the type of trade. It depends on whether, you know, he's, uh, you're, you're getting back, you're eating salary, whether you're getting back a young player or, or a draft. So can I, wait, can know. we stick with that for a yeah, second? Yeah, yeah. Like, okay. That I feel comfortable. If there were, if there was a bad, like bad money out there, like Eric, maybe no, not even like Eric Bledsoe two years ago. It was like Eric Bledsoe was, I mean, left now, but like he was a fringe all-star, like almost for, I made a couple all defense teams. Like the dude had, he did, things in the NBA that like were of moderate value. I'm talking about like, I'm trying to think of like some a really, really bad salary of the last Chandler few years. Parsons. Something along those lines, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Towards the end there. Um, you know, the wall contract is obviously much bigger, so it's, it wouldn't be that like, I'm thinking something in like the, maybe like the, you know, it, honestly, you really have to go back to some of those contracts that were signed back in the summer of 2000. Um, Andrew, help me out. 16 or 17? 16. I forget. 16. Summer okay. of so 16. Mozgov, Luol Deng, that type yeah, of... Like, those since, of since, not, yeah, like, uh, since... Yeah, thank you for that. Um, I, I'm not... Like, I'm not saying there aren't still bad contracts in the league. There are. You could look... But, like, go... Again, I've, I've done this exercise many times. Just go look. I'm, do, I'm literally on it right now. Go look at Hoops Hype. Go sort uh, by player salaries. And then just take a scroll down, like... And you sort by player, not team, player salaries, and just scroll down at all the salaries starting from like, so like basically what you could trade like thirty million down. Thirty million is a little bit more than you maybe able to get back for for Randall, but you could you know throw in something else small or whatever to make it work. Like there's ways to do it, but just go down from there and like look at who those players are, and then ask yourself like, does this player really have like really low value? Like the, the, the easiest one to point to is like Al Harford, right? We think of Al Harford as this like dead weight. Well, guess what? Al Harford started 60 some odd games for the team that was like the 95, 96 bulls for the last three and a half months. So like, I don't know. Are we sure? Like the Celtics wouldn't rather have Al Harford than Julius. Like that may sound crazy to some people, but like, again, I don't know the answer to that question. And you can keep going down the list and there's no obvious like Gordon Hayward might be the most obvious name. So then let's get to Portland, right? So Hayward Portland, and PJ, I'd be happy with that. <laughs> well, that's my, my fake trade has us maybe potentially getting back PJ Washington too. Um, that's another one of my off season dreams. Um, so let's look at Portland real quick. So Portland is in the unique situation where they have a, uh, was he, is he, did he turn 30? Is he 31? I don't know. Whatever he is. Uh, Dame Lillard. Uh, he would like to get paid. 
uh, a lot of money from Portland, preferably. And uh, he would like to win basketball games. And um, you have to put a team around him that at least gives him a chance to do that. Uh, 31. Thank you, Chris. Um, so how are you going to do that? So they have Eric Bledsoe. So the Eric Bledsoe contract is interesting because it's only guaranteed for four million for next year. But you would, if you're trading for him at this point, it would be it would that that salary would be fully guaranteed for next year. So if you trade for Eric Bledsoe, you you have to keep the whole 19 million on the books. Now you could waive him the day you get him or flip him somewhere else, but you have, you have to account for that full 19.3 million dollars. Okay. Um, would the Blazers do 12 and Randall for Bledsoe and like six? I could. Hmm. That would have, be the. Yeah. They, they probably have to. They might have to put a little bit more. I think they have to put a little bit more money in. Um, oh, actually, no. That works under the cap. I could, they don't have to put any more money in. Um, man. I think they would do that. I think they would entertain that. If they're really in on this damn thing. That's not crazy, I, right? I mean, so I just know like Hart and Nurkic and someone else like posted like. Instagram photos with Jeremy Grant after their game against Detroit. Like, yeah. All cryptic. Like it just seems like they're already decided there. I don't know. It feels like that. I agree with you. It feels like Grant's the direction. They if Randall go. becomes available though, then that's probably a different conversation. Like you think Dame maybe goes, Oh wait, what's is there? I'm sure there's an internet meme for this. Why not both? Yeah, there's, there's a meme a, for that. Okay. Meme for, yeah. 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 No, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm like, Semi-serious here because like we we'll use use six six for uh, uh, six and Bledsoe for Randall and twelve and then they take twelve and send that for Grant. I'm well. I'm just wondering like so Jeremy Grant. The notion of Jeremy Grant playing the three is not completely bunk. Like you you can still play him at the three. Just like you can still play Randall at the five. We don't do it here, but other teams might be more <laughs> willing to do it. Um. So like I know I'm serious like. What better way to appease Dame than to get like get these two guys and like that's that's a statement, right? Um, I mean, yeah, if you have two first round picks and you turn them into Jeremy Grant and Julius Randle, that's probably good. They, well, one other thing, they may also not necessarily need to if they because um, they also have the Anthony Simons chip who could be used potentially in a sign and trade. And I still am not sure. I see the world where it makes sense to pay. Simons as much as I think another team out there might be willing to give him to do what on the same team as, as Dame play next to him. I don't, I don't see that back him up. BCJ McCall. <laughs> yeah, but no, but that, like, we, we ran that show once it didn't work. Like it's not going to work again. Like you can't have, and now look at challenged. CJ once he escaped. Well, well, like loser I, town. That's terrible. I like Josh Hart to me, like Josh Hart at the two. That's probably a bit much. Can you play Josh Hart at the two? Eh, probably not. Right. Um, that's like saying you want to play RJ at the two. It's like, yeah, I guess you could. It's just weird. Like, why would you do that? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just trying Hart's to think more of a way too. I'm, I'm trying to think of a way for them to get a, whatever. Do I think two. there's a world where the Knicks could do something involving their pick Portland's pick, Julius Randle, but all of this we're, we're bearing the lead here, which is that the Knicks would have to have someone that they're absolutely in love with. At whatever that Portland pick is, which if you know anything about this draft, you know that beauty after four beauties in the eye of the beholder. AJ. 
I know you look, I'm AJ's great, but he also is a guy that's like, you're taking a chance. Yeah. I just like, I don't know. I think if Ivy goes for then one of Shaden or AJ is guaranteed. See, Shaden to, be there. to me, well, he's going to be special. Yeah. Because then I don't want to get too, too crazy on draft because we're having an, we're actually going to have a little announcement later regarding the draft. But just very quickly, for anybody who doesn't know anything about this draft, there's a kid who is the mystery man of the draft. No, Shaden he's sharp. He's going to be in. No, I, but and just uh, mystery man because no one's seen, no one's seen him play organized basketball in a very long time. Um, but that was slated to be the number one prospect in what was uh, what is a loaded class in in twenty twenty three. He's going to be he's probably going to be draft eligible. So if you want to get around the issue that we just dealt with two questions ago, where it's like, where are we putting this rookie in the rotation? Guess what, Shane Shark, welcome to Westchester. Here's your plush apartment. Make yourself comfortable. Um, you know, that makes some sense for a kid that is that. Do you want to talk about a kid that's going to need time? Like that kid's going to need time. I you know think. how I am. You know how I am with uh, letting young engines practice revving up on the court and not on the practice track. So, you know, if we were good, then I would be fine, but we're not. So hey, listen, we, we might be good next year. You never know. No, but listen, well, but if like, we're trading Randall, then the plan but, is probably one of those like one step but this back, is why, three step sideways things for next year, right? So like, but this is why you you potentially pivot. You start off, he's not in the rotation, and then you know, this is what normal organizations do: 30, 40, 50 games into the season, they pivot towards more of a youth movement. We did it after seventy five games. It's okay. Better late than never. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, next, next question, Chris. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I wonder why it took so. Long. Mark Sable wants to oh, know. Uh, do you think the Knicks front office has a plan other than wait for a disgruntled star to ask for a trade? Um, I understand that tanking doesn't yield the results it used to, and the free agent market hasn't been great. Slash doesn't project to be this summer, but still, I don't like the idea of having all of our eggs in one basket. Does any front office have a plan other than that? I mean, I, I, I know that that sounds facetious, but I'm being I am being kind of serious. Like, if you're a team that doesn't have a star that is that you think is good enough to be the best player on a championship team, which I would off the top of my head, I would say that that probably was like 15 teams in the league have a, have a star that they could talk themselves into like, yeah, we could, we could win a championship with this guy um, as our best player and 15 or so do not give or give or take a few. Like there are two options. You either draft that player or three options. You draft that player, you sign that player, or you trade for that player. So I do not believe the Knicks are going to engage in the sort of tanking effort that it would take to attempt to get that player through the draft. They may end up with that player through the draft. Crazier things have happened. Again, Donovan Mitchell. I know you don't think Donovan Mitchell is that player. We don't, we don't talk about that right now. Um, they're not going to do that. So then you either sign the player or you trade for the player and like signing for the player is not a sound plan because that's not the way the league works anymore. Um, 
one players don't allow themselves to hit unrestricted free agency. Like in the real sense, I understand Bradley Beal and Zach Levine and, and James Harden and Kyrie Irving actually are all hitting it this summer, but like not in the, there, there will be no sweepstakes for those players. Like if those players want to leave those cities, they will say where they want to go. And then there will be a signing trade worked out. Just Bill like Duffy should do something about and, and his client and, playing, not where RJ Barrett, his other client plays. And maybe, maybe they will. You know, and if a player has years left on his contract, which is what Mark is asking here, when they decide, when that player decides, I don't want to play here anymore, he's going to go to his ownership and he's going to say, I don't want to play here anymore. And if there's two years left on his contract, then maybe we're moving to the place where it's like two and a half years or three years left on the contract, then they're going to be dealt elsewhere. So, like, I don't know what other plan you're supposed to have anymore. Like, yeah, of course you try to build organically as best as you can and you draft well and you sign good players like, and you do all those things. But like in terms of like the plan to become a true contender that, that what other option is there? Unless you want them to engage in a true tank, which if that's your, if that's your stance, that's fine. Get ready to like, I don't know, trade away. Trade away RJ, like you're trading. Uh, it would it would be a very I don't know I I don't even I can't even imagine what that would look like if they tried to engage in that. They're not going to engage in that. Fair, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah fair. Um, we've got two questions up next that I've decided were related. Uh, one of them is just legitimately insane, but is a name that I think is worth bringing up. So I'm going to bring it up in conjunction with the first question which is serious um yeah you're welcome ursin demir first question as some of you know i'm far from a fan of extending mitchell robinson how do you guys see the starting center spot being filled for next season and then the second question comes from cj card collector and it says um (laughs) hashtag ask chris what are your thoughts on Isaiah Hartenstein becoming the face of the Knicks center position? This is uh this is Jeremy's burner. Um, he likes Hartenstein. I think someone out there, there are fans of it's me. I'm there. the other one. I'm, I'm the, the other, other one person okay. that likes him. Yeah. Um, this is just nuts. So I, I had to, yeah. why is it nuts? That dude was face of the Knicks center position. I mean, call it whatever you want. The dude's a good center. I um, I would, I've I've said I would let Mitch walk and sign him for next year. I would I would do it. I, like if letting Mitch walk means sign and trading him for assets, obviously. I or I would do Mitch two twenty five or three thirty six. Hartenstein big payday to be the backup if you trade Noel. Keep Sims on the two way, and then after next year, get rid of Sims Mitch. Is, you got to get the Sims two way thing out of your head. He's, he's going to get converted to a regular contract. I'm, I'm um, glad that Jeremy's who convinced me it's going to be a two way. Uh, so I'm happy for him that he'll get a regular deal. That's like, what I I've thought about this a lot, the Nick center position, and I, I don't have a great answer other than they just resigned Mitch. And I know some people think that Mitch is out the door already. Um, I don't, I don't, I, I, I think there is still a chance that they bring him back. Because I think they would, I think we would have heard more at the deadline about them going a little bit further down the road on some deals, um, or at least a deal, um, if they thought he was going to walk. And yeah. it just feels like we got some Berman talk about Detroit and like 
another but, team as like a hey, Mitch's agent will do it if you don't take like a lower team, number. Like again, I, I wrote about this this morning. Like if you're Charlotte, and again, Charlotte has no cap space because they have the Miles Bridges cap hold, and and you know they got um they, they don't have cap space. Like if you if you go to Mitchell Robinson's agent and and you say we are willing to pay your client fifteen million dollars a year to play basketball for us. Well, then that puts the Knicks in a tough position because I don't think the Knicks have any desire to pay Mitch Robinson $15 million a year. So, you know, and but at the same time, if you're Charlotte, you cannot sign Mitch Robinson to that contract. You have to work out a sign and trade. Now, I think there are sign and trade deals that you could very easily work out with Charlotte, in which case maybe the Knicks get back PJ Washington, who I think would be an interesting fit. Maybe that's my answer to this question. PJ Washington is the starting center for the Knicks next year. I that wouldn't be insane to me. Um I think he makes sex sense as a as a as a more of a shooter, and um, I'm not saying he's a better defender than Mitch, but he's you you can move around a little bit more. He's a little bit more of a, a, ver- a versatile piece for the chessboard. Um, I just I I don't know. I'm not out on Mitch yet. I think there's still a possibility they get him. I I you're gonna cringe. I don't care. I think the Turner stuff will be back. I think you're gonna hear about Turner more. I really do. I just, there's been smoke there for two years, Chris, two years. Send Randall there. If you want Randall and Turner to team up so bad, I would over there. I would drive him (laughs) to Indiana myself. Uh, Well, they just got Hallie for Sabonis. And now they maybe if they want to get serious, could use a buy low on a (laughs) replacement power forward. Guys, we're getting serious as a franchise. What do we want to do? You know what? Let's get the guy that told his fan base healed. Well, they do healed and someone not real. And then like an unprotected first for him. It's not going to happen. Indiana, Indiana doesn't trade. Unprotected firsts. Um, no, but like, I don't think the next one, Buddy Hield. But you could figure, like, there, there's, there are trades you could do with Indiana. There, are, you could, there are ways you could get Julius there. I, I'm not worried about that right now. I just like, there's no obvious center out there where I'm like, that guy makes the most sense for the Knicks because, again, Turner has the foot injury, and as you've already brought up, he is far from a perfect center. He's a poor rebounder. 33% um, shooter from three. Like he draws man, closeouts. I'm, he draws closeouts yeah. on about a third of his three point shot attempts. So like, that's not too stretchy. If you ask me, I, I don't know. It's you're right. It's not the stretchiest guy in the world. Um, but you look around and it's like, okay, are they, are they trying to work out a sign and trade with Portland for Nurkic? Like, eh, I don't know. No, that I, that, I keep Mitch at the, I keep Mitch at that point. Yeah. I don't, I don't see that. Like, like Tibbs has a type. Um, and I, you know, Mitch fits that type and we know Tibbs is going to be back. So if it's a fair number that you could get Mitch at, I think all things being equal, if you ask me today, who do I think is going to be the starting center for the Knicks next year? I would have to still say Mitch Robinson. Yeah, that's fair. I, if I, you know, if you ask me right now, I would say, he declines New York's initial offer, but not like officially just says like, hold on, goes, tries to get better ones, doesn't, and then takes their poo-poo platter, which like, yeah, I could see that happening. I don't know, man. All it takes is one asshole, which is, and that's why I thought Charlotte getting absolutely just decimated last night. Um, I don't know. I, I, they should be all over Randall and Mitch. I mean, I hope they're all over Randall. I would love my Hayward God and PJ. What back. I wouldn't do to get a, to get Gordon Hayward and some future 
draft asset that has the potential to be like a real thing, not like this top 14 protected bullshit, but a real hey, a real Hayward, thing. Hayward PJ and a something for Randall and Mitch would be really cool. <laughs> Man. I didn't even, I, I didn't check that in terms of if that could work on the, that could, now you got me doing math in my head. Ask the next question. <laughs> All right. Um, we've got a three-parter. Okay. And as you know, when the three-parters start coming in, we're making it to the end of the show. We start yes. getting a little less serious. But uh, uh, this question actually is going to remain in the very serious side of things. So don't be fooled. Okay. Um, number one, is it reasonable to assume that you and most of us want to see the Celtics crush the Nets? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Number two, if you tried an edible, what Who's this question of- from? Oh, I forgot to even mention Jessica Clarice. Oh, hi, Jessica. <laughs> number, number two, I got so excited to ask this one. If you tried an edible, what kind would you get? Cookie, brownie, gummy, or other? You were presented with options. That's wow. I've tried a gummy edible. I like gummy bears. <laughs> number three, going right back in the other direction. Do you think Randall, if traded, gets <laughs> traded sooner or later in the summer? Um, is it like later? Take out the garbage thing, or is it a later? Later, all right. No, l- later for sure. I my bigger question is: Does he get traded on? Because the the trade kicker thing is a real thing. Like the fifteen percent trade kicker does not kick in yet until the new league year. I think it would be tough to trade. Not I shouldn't say that. You could trade him on draft night. Um, but it's just like a lot of these deals that get consummated on draft night or before draft night or a little bit after draft night, like they don't actually go through into the new league year. So my gut feeling is probably after the new league year, especially since like, again, without getting into all the specifics of like what teams are angling for who and this and that, the other thing after free agency shakes out and we see where guys go and like teams look at their roster and it's like, okay, this is what we have. Are we happy with this? Are we not happy with this? Do we want to take a chance on someone that maybe we we didn't think we want to take a chance on before this? Right. Um, that's when I think some team might be more inclined to look at Julius Randle and be like, you know what? Let's give it a shot. Yeah, that that's fair. Um, that that adds up. I I think that like we spend spent every day with him this year and. Like when you live with someone and have roommates and hang out with them every day, you like get very keyed in on some flaws, you know, like they annoy you more and more and more. And like, I think it's important to remember, like Jeremy's made this point on the timeline too. Like there is going to be a small market team out there. That's like, Oh, we haven't had a player that can do half of these things since the Bush administration. Like we're probably going to take a look at this, you know, like I just, yeah, (laughs) he's good. I, I don't, I don't know. I, there's someone like you, you said earlier, it takes one, right? Like, I, I think, I think it's notable and the point doesn't get made enough. And it's a bad job by me because I admittedly have long ago lost the ability to be impartial about this player, Randall. Yeah. But I think it's, I think it's notable that even at the very end, he was drawing doubles occasionally, you know, not all the time but he was drawing doubles occasionally. And like you watch him take the shots that he takes. And in, many of them are frustrating. And then you watch like, that's the thing I was looking at the second half of his season, his second half of his season. It was the, there was the four games, right? Freakiest thing. Yeah. Yeah. With the, the Sacramento game. And then the four, and then the three that came after it in which he 
I went back. I could not believe this when I, cause I, I recap my stars of the season yeah. and I gave Randall three stars, all four of those games. Cause he it was, was awesome. It was, it was probably a better four game stretch of basketball than don't say that. If you want to say at any point this season, that's fine. Don't go back to last year. I like this. It was different. It was not just, Oh, I'm I have takeover on NBA 2K and I'm just hitting every single shot imaginable. It was I, like, I don't know what that means, but okay. It was like the MB did you play NBA Jam like getting hot, getting yes. the on fire. Okay, that I know on, what that the means. on fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like um this this season it was more about like processing and like, oh, this is what the defense is doing because I'm here, so I should do this. Like it just felt like a like an upgraded <laughs> to me the the best. I'm, this is not the best he looked, but the, the the part of the season where I was most encouraged about him was early on ish where you could tell he was really clearly making an effort to try to fit into what this like version of the offense that they had in their mind. And he was kind of sort of pulling it off at times. And then sometimes he was like, not, but it was, it felt like they were heading in that direction. And then they then they pulled the plug and and they you know they sat Kemba and um you know and then on on and on we went. I don't know if I was a team like I agree with you. They should look at him and be like, this is still a talented player. What I would be worried about if I was a team would be okay if the three point shooting just if he can if he's just a thirty two percent three point shooter right if that's what he is. All right, well that's not great. So then you know, you keep that in reserve, right? For, for if it happens, it happens. It's not something we're going to design our offense around. Um, let's try to get him moving. Let's try to get him moving to the rim. And I know this is something that you've been very vocal about in terms of like his usage. I personally am of the opinion that Randall took the shots that he took and like you was the way he was in our offense because that's how he likes to be used. Yeah. I mean, guys also like just think about it. Remember, remember Carmelo used to throw the pads on to go bang down low because like it just gets, you know, it's like the trenches of basketball, right? Like if you can cook guys from the perimeter doing cool stuff that you saw on like your highlight tapes growing up, that's probably what you're going to try to do. And he yeah. just came out this season like so flat and was like, what do you mean this doesn't work anymore? Like, well, <laughs> well, you know, but it, but then the, the part that worries me a little bit is like, okay, put him next to a stretch five, right? That's, that's the logical thing. And, and you want to talk about, go back to Portland one more time. We're talking about Portland making, making over its entire rotation. Right. But like I've been traded for Turner grant and, and Randall, right. So you got, you got your stretch five next to Randall. Um, and they've been linked to Turner too. Um, like even in that scenario, like he has struggled at the rim this year. Like he has legitimately struggled at the rim when on contested shots. So it, again, I'm just saying if I was a number, another team, I would like, that would give me pause. Cause it's not like, Oh, we'll play this guy with a, we'll play this guy with a stretch, a stretch five and, and boom, there's 114 offensive rating. You know, I don't, I don't think it's that automatic. I think you, you, you are still signing up for some issues. Now you're signing up for issues with the 50th highest paid player in the league. So it's probably worth the risk. If you're a certain team in a certain situation, we just, we're not sure what that situation is. Fair. Yeah. I, you know, I just look at like Alfred Payton, Cooked Walker, Alec Burks, like 
there's there's a universe out there where like the Knicks put quickly in at the starter spot when they took out Kemba and he got Randall up off his ass and was like, yo, it's time to make some plays. I mean, we saw when they let quick play with Julius, Julius threw up like several awful shots against the wizards this year and quickly came in and just slowed down the offense, literally slowed it down to just get Julius set up in his spots and getting good shots. And then Randall, um, had a heat check three after making like three shot straight shot that went in because his release was feeling good because quickly was setting him up. I just like have seen what a point guard who is focused on getting Julius Randall better shots than Julius Randall gets Julius Randall <laughs> um, can do. And despite the fact that Randall's like own attitude, like I acknowledge so often how self-inflicted like a myriad of his problems were this year, but I don't know if you showed up to work every day and started showing up later and later and later, and your boss didn't start paying you less or whatever. I yeah. probably keep doing it too. Well, so. that's, that's the most valid thing. Um, I don't, I don't know that there's a player all due respect to quick who I love. I don't know, you know, and by the way, those two, you want to talk about great combos. They were the Knicks best combo last year by far. It was magic when those guys were on the floor. I think they were like a plus 10 point something. Can I ask one um, last question? Hasn't the Julius Randall conversation evolved that it has nothing to do with whether or not like a, a quickly or a better point guard can fix him? It's like almost solely an Obi Toppin conversation now and I, whether or not because you're like, they're not going to play together. So it's a one or the other at this point. I don't know if it's solely an Obi conversation. I think that's how the discourse has transformed. Sure. Like yeah. I let me put it this way. I do not think the Knicks are again. What the hell do I know? But I don't think the Knicks are in their war room and you know making their plans for the summer, being like, because Obi is now this, and we know he is this, and we have seen this. We thus now need to. That is the reason that we need to trade Julius Randle. I think it is one component of several components. It's, That's my opinion. But if you're bringing back the coach who has already shown like he's not going to play them together then yeah. unless you're saying that there is a 24 24 or like a more even balance in minutes distribution world where they can coexist on the same roster like hasn't it become like we now need to focus on the guy that's you know or, picking the draft two years ago or, or they trade the other guy or which, they trade or they trade no, obi no one wants which, to talk about that's an avenue but maybe it well is. which is but that's no, which is no, why which is why I thought the for as silly as it is, I thought the letter to season ticket holders on Thursday that was sent out by Leon Rose. I, to me, that has real meaning because you, I don't. I mean, look, Leon Rose, God knows he can do whatever he wants, but I don't think you would throw that in your fans' faces and then turn around and and literally trade the guy who's unequivocally the fan favorite. I, I mean, all due respect to RJ, all due respect to to, to quickly. I don't think they would do well, that. Chris, you're at more games than we are. Who's the most fan favorite? Who ignites the crowd the most? Of the so young I'll, I'll say that when IQ, when RJ is going, like when RJ has those little stretches against like a team like yeah, Indiana sure. or whoever, where he gets like three straight layups to go, <laughs> just layups, you know, and he's like cooking, yeah. start getting the RJ, whatever. It takes literally one dunk. It takes literally one three. It takes literally one whatever. And the whole building is OB top it. You know, so it's like one, it, one it's, third it's, center to foul out. And then Tibbs looks up and down the bench and everybody's chanting OB top it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so um, 
for me and and this 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 final you know question here penultimate will will give John a chance to explore this a little bit too just in terms of the front office's thinking because they're involved in this next question as well but like but before we get there um yeah I do think like Obi and Randall you know it's a it's a debate that's now like there is a mutually exclusive vibe going on there right like just because of we know the coach is staying that doesn't like to play them together however you know has the end of this year maybe shown him like with more nudging from the front office that that's something that is worth it you know like maybe you know so we've got to see but I, also, I, I do think like way more paths should be opened up for both Obi and quickly to just like get better at basketballing. I don't know. We, we played the Lakers and it went to overtime and quick recorded nine minutes and people were like, well, we were trying to win. So that's fine. And I'm like, no, that's the problem. Like that, that that's the issue. Well, that's been that, the, so. but that's been the, the, that's been the overarching. Cause you could criticize organizational philosophy and have disagreements about it. But when, when there's also evidence that the, putting aside the philosophy question, the, is this actually leading to winning more or less? And then you look at the end of the year, um, you know, like crunch time numbers to say nothing of the on off stuff. It's like, that's, that's where you get into the biggest justifiable issues that people have with this coach. Um, but yeah, we'll see what, if they, if they make a move next year to take some of the, take some of the, uh, as Andrew says, take some of the toys away. Yeah. Um, Okay. Final, next final question. question here. It's a quick answer. And it, yeah, this is what I was saying is kind of tied into the front office um, from Jules who on the current Knicks roster takes the biggest leap next season. Hold on. I need, I need eight seconds of think time. Fair. Maybe, maybe Andrew could put in some music. Um, I love how you thought this is a quick question, Chris. <laughs> it no, it, it, it should be a quick question. <laughs> It should have been. Or were you saying, or was that a hint? Quick I, question. Ah, ah. Uh, no, this this guy just I didn't think he would need the Jeopardy music on. No, because I there I could answer to me, I could answer this in in there there are four names that are coming to mind. Quickly, <laughs> quick unsurprisingly, quickly top in RJ and Cam. I was gonna say Cam is the, the dark horse. Cam actually to me is the obvious one because Cam has done oh. nothing in, oh, he has, in his he time as an NBA player fruit. to show himself to be a contributor to winning basketball, like even a little bit. Like, okay, you could argue maybe towards the end before he got injured with the Knicks, he was doing some things. It was like, oh, Cam's helping them win. He was. That was like five games, you know? Um, so if could I see a world where Cam comes out and like, holy shit, this guy's gonna be starting winning the league for the next next uh you know 10 years. Like, yeah, that could happen, in which case I'm pretty sure he will have made the biggest leap. Um, I'm not going to go that I will go with, see, I see RJ's growth as more like slow and steady and methodical. Like I don't see RJ coming out, coming out next year and like averaging 30 on like great efficiency. Um, no, absolutely I'll, not. I'll go, you know, I, like you said, I'm Mr. RJ and I've long said he's a year five. Like that is going to be the, there is no argument yeah, you have, against him been, being on the all-star team. You've been consistent is. with that. Um, okay, I'm not going to take too much longer with this. I will go... I think what we saw at the end of the season with Obi was the sign of things to come. I, I, I compared him a harbinger. I compared him to uh, CJ McCollum, I think it was over a year ago, in terms of uh, a guy who, you know, late lottery pick, small school, Older prospect, two years on the bench, 
came in one most improved. Like if you told me Obi Toppin won most improved next year, wouldn't be shocked if they trade oh, Randall well, and they, and yeah, they, and they give I'm this saying. guy. Yeah. So I'll go Obi. I would love to know what those odds would be if they are well, <laughs> trading. Whatever they are, I'm, I'm because... taking them. But I'll buy another engagement ring. Uh, I'm in. <laughs> Andrew, you missed that one. That, I I get the reference. Well done. Um, is that it? We should, I thought we had one more, one last question. Uh, we have one more question, and it's uh, it's from sorry, trying to Andrew. Uh, it's from Andrew Claudio, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we know him. And the the question is: Any thoughts on the draft? Would love to know what you think of this year's class with draft and class in all caps. Well, it's hmm. funny you should ask that, Andrew Claudio, mm-hmm. because we have a little announcement here at KFS. We've been teasing this for a little while. Um, very, very pleased, proud, um, happy, all the good things to announce draft class. Yes, draft class, a weekly NBA draft podcast presented by Nick's Film School and hosted by, wait for it, <laughs> Chris Percy Einan. Yes, the Chris Percy Einan. Hello, Chris. Over the next 10 weeks, you're going to hear all about this year's class of draft prospects from Chris and his star-studded lineup of expert guests, which I don't think I'm going to be a part of because I have not done my homework yet. Maybe towards the end. Maybe I'll. Maybe what I'll do is towards the I, end... Yeah, I'll hop in if I on a Thank prospect you. that I feel like really passionately about that you haven't covered with somebody else yet. Anyway, um, new episodes are going to drop every Saturday morning. Um, you don't have to go searching for this. It's going to pop up right on your next Film School podcast feed. So uh, check it out. Uh, the first one is coming uh, soon. This, this Saturday. This Saturday. So tomorrow, when you're listening to this, everybody. There. Hey, how you doing? Yep. I can't. I, <laughs> I can't wait to, to listen to that. It's been a while since I've gotten to listen to a podcast on this podcast feed where it's like, I hear it for the first time, like everybody else. Um, so I'm excited to do that. It's great. Good stuff, Chris. Well, thank you. Thank you guys, you know, for the opportunity to uh, teach draft class to go along with the the pun there. Uh, you guys know, I, I love this stuff. I, I eat this stuff up. So going back to, you know, SI days or whatever, like I just love, the film and everything's and then you guys also know my favorite thing is yelling at people about sports so yeah <laughs> <laughs> here's my chance uh i i am really excited um and i was planning at so you know the, the goal was to have a kfs round table mr macri so you'll have to study up um but i will uh, i will study i'm up. very excited for the for the opportunity for the the chance to get to hang out with our listeners for a little extra bit every week uh, and hopefully teach them a thing or two. But yeah, that's the, 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 the pitch is fun draft time. <laughs> Just not, no stress, no, no, uh, you know, crazy, easy going medical terms easy, or anything. easy going. Draft Just, yeah. You know. Just come, come hang out, talk about some college prospects some international prospects, how they might fit on the Knickerbockers of New York. It's very exciting. Perfect. So, so that would be a yes to my question. Any thoughts on this year's draft? Oh, yeah. Okay. Some. Cool. I look forward to finding out more. Um, to be announced. Hold yes. on, Chris. I, I, we're not letting you go that quick. Anything else you want to plug or promote before you go? Or is that it? Is that sufficient? Uh, I mean, just... No, that that's sufficient, man. That's that's about it for me. We got the... Just make sure you go check it out this Saturday. We're going to have first episode up. 
as John said, slash Andrew with his help, uh, as, as they said, this Saturday, the, the first day, de- the debut episode, rather, I think is a fancier word. I'm excited for it. it. And, and I believe congratulations to you on a very successful first year. Um, Doing, uh, giving color commentary on the uh, Fordham women's basketball team. I uh, did a very nice job. You. I That's... I listened to the the one the as you instructed. You don't have to listen to more than fifteen minutes. I listened to my fifteen minutes uh, of the what was that the NIT or was the NCAA yeah, w, w, WNIT? It was the NIT. Okay, you did a great job. You did a good job. You were throwing the stats well, in you, there. Sir. You reminded me a little bit of like Brendan Brown. That was who. That oh. was who you reminded me of. Mm. <laughs> well, we'll see how that ages because I, I might be doing some different roles now. So we'll, we'll see go. how that goes. Okay. Um, the plan for next season is to be traveling with the the women's team and and being full time oh, color that's commentator. Awesome. Yeah. So. yeah. Congratulations. Um, I'm excited cool. for you for that and uh, for draft class. Obviously, I will just sign off by saying uh, once again, thanks everybody for checking out the pod. Thanks to everybody um, for everything this season. Following along, whether you follow along on Twitter. Um, you know, podcast, YouTube, uh, the newsletter. Uh, I, I feel like I didn't properly do this last week. I'll do it again very quickly now, which is to say thank you for everybody for your um time and uh time and attention. Uh got a pod coming up with Jeremy, uh dropping as usual m- midnight Sunday, uh going into Monday, right? Andrew, I think we're still gonna get it up then. Uh and also shameless plug for a pod that's going to be dropping in the middle of next week with a guest that has been on before. I recorded the conversation already. I'm so excited for you guys to hear this because I think you're going to really enjoy it. I got to pick the brain of someone who um, let's just say he is qualified to have some thoughts about uh, the Knicks uh, front office and uh, what lies ahead of them. Maybe some of the decisions that they've already made. Uh, So I would just leave it at that. And uh, thanks again and uh, have a great weekend. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.